0: Good morning, morning. and welcome to Morning Prayers. Please stand as you are able to join me in a responsive reading of Psalm number 134, found on page 67 in your Black Appleton Salt Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord.
1: <clears throat> hands, the and bless the
0: Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm especially uh, honored and happy to be here today because as I was preparing my remarks for this morning, I realized that this is my 21st time at morning prayers. I've given uh, them twice a year for uh, now uh, just over a decade, so I'm really um, happy to still be around to, to do that. A reading from a dear friend, September 21st, 2018. What does it mean to be a sexual assault survivor? I've been pondering this deeply over 40 years. I've been assaulted so many times that I am still remembering some of the moments. I worked in restaurants and bars my whole life in politics from ages 17 to 47. It's everywhere. I never asked for it, ever. I'm not special or different. I don't even consider myself a victim. Honestly, my experiences are reflected in what it's like to be a woman in a world trying to make my way with some semblance of integrity. Some instances were more violent than others. I never talk about them. Why I didn't report. I was too young to know what to do or even that I should. I never had the money or proper legal representation. I didn't have the time or energy it would take to withstand the backlash. There is always backlash. The Women always lose, always. So I did what we all do. I shook it off and I moved on and I tried to forget. I still struggle with disassociation about all of these things. The undercurrent of this is a lifetime struggle with things like depression and addiction and despair. I'm upright most days and trying to contribute mightily to the world, but I walk around with unshakable heartbreak and anger all the time. So much anger. Am I a survivor because I haven't committed suicide? Am I a survivor because I've shelled out hundreds of thousands of dollars for therapy and self-care that should have been funneled to building a life and buying a house and saving for my future? Should I have used the money for legal fees instead of therapy? What does survivor even mean? There ends the reading. Reading these words is hard. It shouldn't matter that someone I know wrote them, though it does have a special impact. I have read and heard words like these so many times from the pages of history to my current newsfeed, from current students and former lovers, from dear friends and complete strangers. In a world awash in predatory violence and toxic masculinity and pervasive inequality, survivors of sexual assault abound. We all know the statistics or at least we should. Every 98 seconds, someone is sexually assaulted in the United States. That means that at least three people during the short time that I will be at the pulpit this morning. And what's more, 99% of perpetrators of sexual violence walk free. Some get to be judges, another the president. We know this, and we know them. My dear friend who wrote these words is an alumna of this university of the very school in which I am a faculty member. She's a wonder of a woman who has spent the last several weeks protesting Donald Trump's nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to serve a lifetime appointment on the US Supreme Court. Along with many other people of conscience, most of them women, she's participated in regular acts of civil disobedience, toggling between jail cells and courtrooms, between congressional hearings and legislative offices to try to put an end to this urgent national nightmare. If America is the home of the brave, it is because of people like her. And speaking of which, in just about an hour, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford will testify against Kavanaugh in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, where she will describe how he and his friend Mark Judge, that name so fittingly ironic, assaulted her at a high school house party in the 1980s She is not the only person to allege such things. Four other women, five of them now and counting, have come forward with accounts of Kavanaugh's predatory behavior over the years. Powerful men and some complicit women are scrambling to excuse the accused. In a temporary break from his persistent whining about Robert Mueller's witch hunt, the predator-in-chief has called these women's accusations a fat con job. Kavanaugh himself has characterized them as ridiculous as from the, quote, Twilight Zone. Many commentators have likened this spectacle to the 1991 Senate hearings where law professor Anita Hill accused then Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas of routine sexual harassment. Orrin Hatch, one of Professor Hill's willing executioners back in the day and part of the mob of Republican white boys who will confront Professor Ford today has outdone himself this time around, accusing Ford of being, quote, all mixed up. But it is the boys who are all mixed up, morally, politically, sexually. Women like professors Ford and Hill, women like my dear friend who wrote those words, are powerful witnesses in the court of public opinion and the culture of sexual violence. I have witnessed this myself in my classrooms here at Harvard. Since last fall, in the wake of Me Too, a movement founded by Black feminist Tarana Burke and furthered by women who have come forward to tell their stories of survival, I have had students deliver their own such testimonies. One by one, they have stepped up and spoken their truths, ripples of courage that have become a wave of justice. Their words, too, Have been very hard to hear, but they have raised my consciousness and transformed my teaching. We are better for their bravery. I know that I am. In late August of 1989, just before I started my first year here at Harvard, my mother sat me down and had a talk. She said, honey, we love you and we are so proud of you, but you're going to go to Harvard and so you're probably going to experience failure Of some kind. (laughs) She was right. And she said, and that's fine. You can always come home, no matter what, except if you rape somebody. Then you are on your own. In essence, she was saying, do not be one of those boys. My mother raised me to be a good boy and a better man. But I didn't really know what she meant until she sent me out into the world where so many messages that boys and men receive encourage us to be bad. If we somehow manage not to be violent, we witness violence. If we somehow manage not to be harassers, we witness harassment. If we somehow manage not to be rapists, we still know rapists. The terrible truth of the matter is that as men, we've all been complicit, every single one of us, even those that are called the good ones. My prayer this morning is not hard. My prayer is that we listen to these courageous women, that we hear and heed their survival stories, and that we believe them and stand with them to build a world free of sexual violence and exploitation. We, too, can be brave.
0: For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now please stand as you are able to join us in the singing of the hymn, Lead Us, Heavenly Father, Lead Us, hymn number 317 in your crimson hymnal, hymn number 317. also I'd like to remind you before we leave, due to the new Faculty of Arts and Sciences schedule, which mandates that students report to class at 9 a.m., the service morning prayers will begin 15 minutes earlier each weekday starting on Monday, October 1st, 2018. The new service time will be 8.30 to 8.45, Monday through Friday in term. And now may God's peace rest, rule, and abide in each and every one of your lives and mine from this day on, Till we meet again, let the gathered people say, Amen.